Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go to our foundational text and verse real quick in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 23. Let's look at it real quick and we'll move right along speedily. Again, I'm so glad that you tuned in. Thank you uh, for all of our partners, all of our E-Church members, all of our Faithful Harvest Church members, all of our supporters. We certainly thank God for you, and we trust that God is blessing your life as a result of your faithfulness in staying connected to this ministry, Harvest Church, the Pathway to Faith broadcast. Amen? Are you in Proverbs chapter 23? Oh, it's going to be a doozy tonight. Look at verse number seven. Ready? Let's read. For as a man, or as he thinketh in his heart, come on, help me now. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I can't hear anybody. Let's read Proverbs 23, verse seven. For as he what? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. I can't hear you in your house today. I can't hear you in your office. Come on, say it out loud. For as he thinks, as he thinks, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Ooh, Jesus. So we are what we imagine ourselves to be. We are what we imagine ourselves to be. Now, on the onset, let me just inject this. I've come to the conclusion in my observation that rich people, say rich people, and poor people, say poor people, uh, they think differently. I've come to the understanding that rich people and poor people, they don't think alike. I finally come to the revelation and the conclusion that rich people, say rich people, and poor people, they don't act alike. I also discovered that rich people and poor people don't talk alike. Ooh, Jesus. Rich people and poor people think and act differently. Say that with me. Rich people and poor people think and act differently. Ooh, Jesus. So a person is rich because of the way they think. And a person is what? Poor because of the way they think. And if you are blaming somebody else for your situation, then there's no way for you to get out because you have delegated power to some other entity other than yourself. And that's too much power to give anybody over you. So poverty is in the head and prosperity is in the head. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Just, just for a brief moment and imagine with me. Imagine just for a moment, just use your imagination. I'm not saying you want it to happen, but just, just use your imagination for a minute. And imagine you were rich. Rich enough to bless all the people you want to bless. You're rich enough to help people 
that you would love to help, that you have enough money to do all of the things that are in your heart that you would like to do to help other people. Just, just think for a moment. Just imagine for a moment that, that money, money was, was not an obstacle. Money was not, finances was not a challenge for you. And anything that God would require you to address, you are well able to address it because you have the finances to do so. Ooh, Jesus. Just think for a moment. Think of the people that you could bless. Think of the people you could send to school and pay for four years just debt free if you had enough money. Just think of the things that you wouldn't even be concerned about today if you just had enough money. Imagine that. Op open your eyes, please. At home, open your eyes. Just, a, just imagine for a moment that what I ask you to imagine with your eyes closed, just, just consider what would it be like that now that your eyes are open, and it was a reality in your life. Jesus. This is awesome, isn't it? One of the characteristics of rich people is rich people are always in thought. Rich people are always in thought about the future. Rich people are always in what? They're always in thought. It's important about the future and rich people are comfortable being uncomfortable because most people are looking to be comfortable but rich people are comfortable being uncomfortable notice what I said the rich are always what in thought about what the future while most people spend a lot of time reminiscing about the old days, and some of them may call it the good old days. So they spend so much time in their waking moments, in moments when they should and could be productive. They take the valuable time that God has allotted them and they reminisce about the past while rich people concentrate on the future. Jesus. This creates, just for the mere fact that you're thinking about the future, it makes you uncomfortable. When you think about the future, it creates an environment of being uncomfortable. But this discomfort is the very thing that pushes you to change your current situation. That's why whenever you make up your mind to step out, and somebody tonight is going to make up their minds to step out, but every time you decide to get out of the comfort zone, to, to get out of the box, to get out of the norm, to change your mind in engaging in what everybody else is doing, there is always somebody who will try to talk you out of it. You know, you know, we, you know we can't do that. You know you can't do that. You know, I tried it and it didn't work. But you're not me. <laughs> Jesus. So the rich are constantly resetting goals the rich are what constantly resetting goals and when you reset a goal it automatically creates uncomfortable environment 
But it is being in that uncomfortable environment that causes these things that God has placed on the inside of you to come to the surface and be released and work on your behalf. Jesus, this is powerful. So this discomfort pushes them to change their current realities. It is being comfortable in being uncomfortable that pushes their current situation and move it to a place of the realities that they've imagined on the canvas of their imagination. This is good teaching. Now, would you go ahead and put up nugget number one and two, three, and I think four. Nugget number one. Imagination is a spiritual, I can't hear the church, I can't hear you in your house. I can't hear you in your office. Speak it out loud. It's important that you engage. Imagination is a spiritual and divine gift from the most high God. Oh, my. The title of our lesson tonight is the power of spiritual imagination. The power of spiritual imagination. Nugget number two. The source of this imagination is faith, faith in God and the Holy Bible. The source of this imagination is faith in God. Faith in who? Faith in God and the Holy Writ. That's where our faith, that's the source. And that's where we anchor our faith and our trust. In God, in the word of God. Nugget number three, please. To be great In your imagination, you must have the power of concentration. I'll come back to that a little later because there's some people who can't pay attention for 10 seconds. But if you're going to be successful, you must have the power of concentration. Is this blessing anybody? Nugget number four. The power of concentration will lead to the power of direction. The power of concentration will lead to the power of direction. I've come to discover that people who accomplish very little, who are always struggling, they really, the real issue with them is that they have no focus. And sometimes they don't have any goals. They just exist. They just go to bed, get up in the morning, go to work, go home, eat something, watch TV, and go to bed. They get up the next morning, go to work, do what they need to do, go home, eat something, watch television, go to bed. Y'all getting quiet on me. They do that because they have no real focus. They have no real goals. Oh, my. And because they have no real focus, no real goals, and lack concentration, their lives are reflective of the fact that they're lacking in goal setting and concentration and imagination. Is this helping anybody at all? Nugget number five. I'll go ahead and just inject this. Bring hope into focus. And push it with faith, God. And your imagination will become reality. 
Boy, that's a whole lot in that statement. Bring hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not perceived with the senses. Bring hope in the focus. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping for a better day? Are you hoping to be healed? Are you hoping to be blessed? There's nothing wrong with hope. I'd rather be around somebody with hope than to be around somebody who's hopeless. Because if you're hopeless, then your faith has nothing to work on. Faith has nothing to bring into manifestation. Are you listening to me? Hope is a gold setter. So if you don't have any hope, you don't have any goals. But hope alone is not enough. Hope would just allow you to smile on a ship that's sinking. But faith will get you to the other side. Bring hope into focus. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping for a better day? Are you hoping that one day things will be different than they are now? Are you hoping to be married? Are you hoping to own a home? Are you hoping to start a successful business? Are you hoping to be healed? Are you hoping to have a good marriage? Are you hoping for a family? Are you hoping to come out of debt? What are you hoping for? What can you see? What are you focusing on? And then with faith, your imagination will become a reality. Hallelujah to Jesus. Is this, is this good here? Now let's back up uh, to the beginning here where I talked about imagination is a spiritual and a divine gift from the Most High God. To be great, your imagination, you must have power of concentration. To do and to be anything great, you must master the powers of concentration. And Satan will try to interfere with anybody's concentration, especially a Christian. Satan will work overtime on anybody who's engaging in concentration, concentration on something godly. And he particularly will aim at a person who is a believer, especially a Christian. The power of concentration will lead to power of direction. Now, the Webster Dictionary defines imagine, imagination. The act or power of forming a mental image of something not present, God, to the senses or perceived in reality, that's an awesome, awesome de definition. The, de the Webster Dictionary uh, defines imagination, the act or power of forming a mental image of something. And that mental image of something, that's not for me to tell you to form because I don't know what your desires are. I don't know what you're hoping for. But I do know based upon the word of God, whatever I'm believing God for, I have to form an image on the inside of the canvas of my imagination. I have to form it and focus on it and be so concentrated on it that I know it's going to come to pass. And it will. The act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or perceived in reality. 
imagination. Concentration, direction of attention to a single object. Concentration, direction of attention to a single object. Now, mass media today uh, causes the mind, our minds, uh, matter of fact, with our children, perhaps they're even more challenged than we are uh, because the media, this modern technology, uh, it causes the mind to go quickly from one thing to another. It makes it almost impossible for a person to pay attention for it at five. I mean, think about it. when you're watching television, something constantly is always you. By the time you try to get focused on one thing, they show you something else. Before you can get focused on that, they show you something else. It, uh, on your iPhone, I mean, something will pop up, and by the time you can, you know, try to make a note of what you just saw, something else pops up. And it just, it messes with your ability to concentrate. And the enemy knows if you cannot stay focused on what God has called you to do, you'll never have what God said is rightfully yours. So the mass media today, television and all those other different devices, they're designed to rob you of the ability to stay focused. And your problem is not ADD or DDA. Your problem is you have, a, you have an issue with staying focused. And I know we don't do it today, and that's not my message, but, but the old way and how we were raised, our parents helped us to stay focused. Yes, they did. They helped us to concentrate. Yeah, they helped us. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and we learned how in a hurry. I mean, it was either learn or your bottom stayed warm. And so out of the two, we chose to learn how to focus and to pay attention. Can somebody say amen? Now, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Boy, this, this is going to be a blessing to you, I believe. Joshua chapter 1. Boy, I feel like I'm moving real quick, but I think I am. Look at Joshua 1, verse number 8. Familiar passage of Scripture. We don't need to labor there. But notice what it says. Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day. That's you need to get my book on meditation. The, 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 uh, the, the, the blessing of biblical meditation to show you how. There's a blessing in meditation. And in that book, it'll show you how biblically how to meditate because there's a blessing for your life if you, if you learn how to do it right. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? You shall meditate in it. How long? Day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, for then, then what? You will make your way prosperous. And then, then what? You will have, come on, talk to me. You'll have good success. Now Moses had faithfully recorded all that God had given to him. And this truth was available, uh, was available to Joshua and the people of Israel. Moses had taken wonderful notes of what God said. He wrote it down. And Joshua had the liberty of studying what God told Moses. And God says, meditate, what? On the word. How often? Day and night. And notice what will happen. When you meditate on the word of God day and night, 
that you observe to do according that all is written for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have what? You'll have, now, now look, look at this. God gave them all they needed to know to enter the land. And tonight I am sharing with you all that you need to know to enter the promised land that God has promised you. I'm sharing with you right now, all, say all, all that you need to know to have, to possess everything God says is yours. And there's nothing the devil can do about it if you stay on point. So notice what God gave Joshua, and he not only gave it to Joshua, God gave it to you and I. Number one, God says, don't depart from the word. Don't depart from the word. There's a lot of folks who departed from the word. Ooh, Jesus. Because if you depart from the word, you'll depart from where the word of God will direct you. Ooh, Jesus. He said, do not depart. Number two, he says, not only don't depart from the word, what else did he say? He said, meditate on it. He said, don't depart from the word. Then he said, meditate on it. Then number three, this is the kicker. He said, observe to do it. So, 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 so if you, if you don't depart from the word and you meditate on the word, how often? And while you're meditating on the word, you have to meditate with a mindset that I'm not only meditating the word, I have a commitment to do what the word says. Ooh, geez, that's, that's where the real tests come in. It's not always knowing the word, but it's, it's doing what we know. So that means don't vacillate. If you're going to walk in the blessings of God, you can't vacillate. Say this, I will not vacillate. Come on, say it again. I will not vacillate. Say it again. I will not vacillate. Now, let's close this, this midweek Bible study out with the few moments we have. Let's go to James. James chapter number one. James chapter number one. The power of spiritual imagination. Look at verse five. If any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. How are you supposed to ask? With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that person suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. Why? He is a double-minded man vacillating, unstable in all his ways. Ooh, Jesus. Look at verse number eight again. This was was the problem of the children of Israel. Is that your problem today? This, This statement here was the major problem of Israel. As a matter of fact, Hosea, the prophet, in the minor prophets, uh, he said Israel was like a silly dove. Hosea the prophet, he said, the people of Israel, they're like a silly dove. And I want to thank God tonight, nobody tuned into this broadcast is silly. 
But he called them silly. Why? Because they were always vacillating. And when something came up and something always comes up with all of our lives, just live long enough, something will come up. But every time something would come up in the life, every time a challenge would come up to the children of Israel, they would always turn to other things trying to get the answer except God. And Hosea said they're silly. Instead of just turning to God when something happens, they try everything else. And it only leads them further away from God and lead them into more trouble. I wonder how many of you watching this broadcast, when trouble knocks on your door and it knocks on all of our doors, what do you do when it comes? Do you turn to God or do you turn to people? Or do you turn to something else other than God? And if you turn to anything other than God and his word, the word of God says, then you're double-minded. You're unstable. You're vacillating. One day it's God, and if enough trouble comes, you don't know if it's God. One day you know it's God's will for you to heal, and if it doesn't, your manifestation of your healing doesn't happen fast enough, then you start vacillating one, well, maybe God is allowing this to happen so he can show me something. You're vacillating. One day, one day, one moment you know it's God's will for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper, and then the next day you're talking about, well, it's not God's will for everybody to have something. You're vacillating. One day you believe God, I mean, you're strong. I mean, I know God is going to deliver me out of this. I mean, I know he's well able. I mean, you just, I mean, you're talking strong. And then two days later, you know, lost your testimony. Why? Because you're vacillating. And you're vacillating because you're being moved by what you see instead of being moved by what God has said. Is this helping anybody today? Say this with me. Today... God, I turn all of my issues of life over to you. So my imagination, meditation, and direction will never be under bondage of any kind. Did you hear what you just testified? Did you hear what you said? Let's say it again. God, today, right now, I turn all my issues of life over to you. So my imagination, meditation, and direction will never, will never, will never be under bondage of any kind. Now, I charge you to yield totally to God. And say this with me, now that I'm totally yielded to God. Let's say it again so we'll know for sure. Now that I'm totally yielded to God, I'm expecting to imagine new things, new wonders for God's glory. My, my, my. Let's close now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians Chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's look together. Ooh, Jesus. At number 9. <laughs> now that you've yielded totally to God, 
and you're expecting to imagine new things. I'm telling you, if you get something new from God, it'll make you rich. Only God knows what hadn't been created yet in manifestation. In God, it's already done. All he has to do is give you one download. Just one download. That's all God has to do is just put one download into your imagination. And it'll change your life and change the world. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Look at verse number 9. Can you handle this? But as it is written... Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of men. Talk to me, somebody. The things which God has prepared for Steve Howe. Don't say my name. Say your name. Nor have it entered into the hearts of men. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. And I love him. And I serve him. I'm not perfect, but I'm committed. When I fall, I get right up. And I do fall sometimes, but I get up. Is there anybody who hadn't fallen? But when I fall, I get back up. I don't waddle in the mud. I make mistakes. I'm telling you the truth. I have made some mistakes, but I get back up. And I trust God. And I keep walking with God. And I get up because I love him. And I keep walking with him because I love him. And God says, because I love him, he said, boy, it hasn't even entered into your heart all the things that I have prepared for you. But glory to God, I'm working on seeing everything he's prepared. What about you tonight? I said, what about you tonight? So your imagination will bring out the magnificent things which God has prepared for those who serve him faithfully. Oh God, I need to say this again. Your imagination, say imagination, will bring out the magnificent things which God has prepared for those who love him and serve him. Don't you love him tonight? Come on, talk to me, church. Don't you love him tonight? Come on, shout it in your house. I love you, Lord. Don't you serve him faithfully? Glory to God. Then God says, there's some things I prepared for you. Hallelujah. Your imagination will bring out these magnificent things which God has prepared for those who serve him faithfully on this earth. Glory to God. I'm going to close with this because I didn't preach and talk myself happy. I'm smiling because that tells me that there's some things God has prepared for me that I haven't enjoyed yet. Oh, God, that there's some things that God has predestined for me. I haven't bumped into it yet. That there's some things and situations and circumstances and people and blessings that I haven't encountered yet. But God has already set it, amen, in motion to manifest in my life. And if I keep walking with him, if I stay faithful to him, if I keep serving him, even when it looks like it's not working, when it looks like everybody is passing me up, and sometimes it don't look like they're passing you up, sometimes they have passed you up. But don't become discouraged. 
Because what God has called them to do is not what he's called you to do. Your job is to stay faithful to what he called you to do. And God says, if you stay faithful, if you stay in love with me, I have prepared some things for you. I don't care how bad it looks. It's getting ready to turn around. You need to tell somebody. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people are saying because God is on your side and you love him and you're faithful to him. God says, I'm going to turn that situation around. The power of spiritual imagination to use my God-given imagination not for something evil but for something good, to use the power of our God-given imagination not for something ungodly, but to do those things that are godly and bring glory and honor to his name. Hallelujah. The power of imagination. Remember what God said? He says, let us go down and confound their language. Why? Because they're on one accord. They're organized. They're focused. And nothing that they have imagined or nothing that they have purpose in their hearts to imagine to do will be withheld from them. And I'm telling you tonight that if you will engage in this spiritual, this spiritual imagination, this godly imagination, there's nothing that you will imagine in the canvas of your imagination that the power of God will not go into operation and bring it into manifestation in your life, blessing you, making you a blessing to humanity. Did the word bless you tonight? If so, in your living room, your bedroom, your dining room, your office, go ahead and put your hands together, open up your mouth wherever you are, and just give God praise and thank him for the word tonight. Thank him for the power of spiritual imagination spiritual imagination. Remember now, bringing hope into focus and as you bring hope into focus and push it with faith and your imagination, whatever you believe in God for, whatever you're trusting God for, it's just a matter of time. Don't, don't, don't get nervous and don't quit. What God has promised, what God has placed in your imagination because he put it there he put it there because he desires for that thing to be a reality in your life and in the name of Jesus though it has tarried it shall surely 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 come to pass God bless you tonight wow what an amazing message thank you for listening to our pathway to faith broadcast if you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed. <laughs>